Hey, Brian Kane, the host of the Mental Performance Mastery podcast series here with you. And thanks for checking out this Golf Mental Performance Mastery podcast with Kane and Carp, or what we're going to refer to as Golf MPM. Now, this is a podcast I've recorded with University of Denver men's golf coach, Trey Carpenter, where we talk specifically about golf mental performance, swing management, course management, and most importantly, self-management. Now, you're going to hear us in the first seven episodes refer to this podcast as Breakfast Balls. That was the name of it before I had a moment and said, you know what, we should actually just call this podcast what it is, Golf Mental Performance Mastery. So if you hear us referring to Breakfast Balls, we now call it Golf Mental Performance Mastery. Glad that you are going to listen. And if you ever want to join the show live, just send me an email, brian at briancane.com, and we can get you on the show. Or if you go to the No Filter Network, so check out No Filter Network and then click on Hosts, click on Brian Kane, and you can get yourself a ticket to come on, ask questions. We'd love to have you. Thanks for checking out the Golf Mental Performance Mastery Podcast with Kane and Carp. Take it one shot at a time and let's dominate the day. Coach Carp, hey, guess what we are? We are sitting in the Phoenix airport today. You know you can make excuses or you can make it happen. And when we kick off today, the first the inaugural, the birth of the Breakfast Balls podcast, feeding the one-shot warrior. Man, I'm excited to be here with you, and I'll give a quick uh, background, and then maybe actually, why do have you start? Because you know you're the you're the main character here. You're the main host. Host, you're the hero. I'm just here adding some juice. Coach Carpenter, he's the head men's golf coach at the University of Denver. He was an assistant at Stanford. He was an assistant at Marquette University. He was a college golfer. He's one of the mo- he was one of the brightest, most technical. And, and strategic golf coaches have ever been around. And when we look at building the golfer, right, we call it breakfast balls, which is a playoff of that first tee shot that I always take two of, and feeding the one-shot warrior, which is the mentality that we want, the one-shot warrior. I'm able to go in, fight that shot, execute that shot, come out, space out, mock back in, and keep doing that. And, you know, Trake and I uh, had a chance to be roommates together for about 10 days in Scotland and built a connection and uh, I love the guy and I'm excited to go on this journey with you, man. So, Trake, would you give kind of our our you know listeners maybe a little bit of your your background and why you want to hop on this and create this Breakfast Balls Feeding the One Shot Warrior podcast, man? Yeah, so like Brian said, um, started kind of my, my coaching career at Ball State after I played, was a grad assistant there for a couple of years. Really just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and uh, seemed pretty cool to hang around and travel with the guys and play some cool golf courses and all that kind of stuff. Um, so did that for a while. And, you know, I got into some random stuff like, uh, you know, I was screen printing t-shirts. I was running a frozen yogurt shop. You know, I kind of, I did it all for a little while and, um, nothing stuck. And so like, I guess it had been spring of 17. I kind of jumped back into the golf scene and you know, three years later, basically I'm, I'm a head coach now. So, you know, a lot of the stuff I think I went through outside of golf prepared me for a coaching career that I wouldn't have otherwise experienced. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Some expensive and tough lessons to learn along the way, but, um, you know, we'll keep moving forward. So yeah, like you said, I spent two years at Arquette, um, for you and I first met, got to know each other a little bit. Um, and the Scotland trip we took together kind of, you know, really took things to the next level and built a friendship a little bit. You got the golf bug and, and I moved out west to Stanford, so we stayed connected since I was close by um, and then moved to Denver. And obviously you were, you know, number one on my list on something I wanted to do with the guys and been working with you for a couple months. So, um, you know, this thing's probably moving pretty quickly between 
you and I and my career path. And, you know, I think a lot of it is, is what I've learned from you and what we're trying to do together. So I'm excited to get on here and you know, share a little bit about kind of what we do maybe week to week with our guys, you know, what we see on the PGA tour, what you see, you know, a lot of what we talk about is not just golf. It's, you know, what are high performing athletes doing across sport that we can apply to what we want to do? You know, there's so many similarities. That's why you've had UFC world champions and Cy Young winners. And, you know, I'm sure you'll have a PGA tour winner at some point because it's, it's all the same stuff, you know? So I think the guys like that too. It's very different than most, you know, kind of golf specific, um, sports psych stuff that a lot of people do. Yeah. And we, well, I've had one LPGA winner, Allie McDonald, who, who I had had at Mississippi state when she was there as a bulldog, she won a tournament, you know, recently on the LPGA. So it's common. It's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. Right. And people will say, if you see it, you can believe it. And what I, what I teach coach Carp is if you believe it, you will see it, you know, you believe it first and then it comes into fruition. And I, I believe this podcast can, can be the greatest golf podcast, the greatest golf educational opportunity that there is for people. Because when we look at golf and training and developing golfers, there's three aspects. Their swing management, which is how they swing the club and, and all that. And you're, you're tremendous with that using the track man data and everything with that. You know, you've really retooled my swing from terrible to less terrible. You know, we're getting better. And then the second piece of golf development is what I would call course management. So there's swing management, course management, and then I call it self management. And the biggest thing I'm going to bring to the breakfast balls podcast is the self management around routines, around mindset, around life skill, around organization. Around like Max Homa spoke a lot about recently since he won the tournament, being a happy dude, having gratitude and how that helps you to play well. And then, you know, talking about even looking at Tiger Woods and, and the things that kind of he's he's gone through and some of that adversity and what we can learn from that. You know, because as I was just on a previous no filter network show called Coffee with Kane and Casey with the mayor and, and one of the best hitters in baseball history, Sean Casey, we talked about the two types of experience. And you kind of alluded to it here already, Carp is there's expensive and inexpensive experience. Expensive experience is you learn from making your own mistakes. Inexpensive experience is we learn from others. And the best people out there, the best performers I've been around, they have a high learning curve. They speed up their learning curve because they pay attention, because they read. And leaders are readers, and they pay attention to what other people are doing. So I'm going to try to bring to the Breakfast Balls, Feeding the One Shot Warrior podcast, the self-management, and you're going to be able to bring the course management and you're going to be able to bring the swing management. So I think we got kind of a, a really cool opportunity here to impact people, not only on the golf course, but also what they're going to do when they get off the golf course, you know? So I'm excited about that, man. But it's interesting, Carp. I want to kind of dig in a little bit more, maybe in our first episode here and um, talk about your transformation, bro. You went from running a frozen yogurt shop to being a division one college men's golf coach in four years. Is it four years? Uh, yeah, less than that even probably. I think it was uh, like spring of 17 um, was the last day of the yogurt shop, started working at a golf course. And then fall of 2020, I guess, took the, the Denver head coaching job. So it was a pretty, pretty quick uh, turnaround, I guess. You know, and here's, here's one of the, a couple of cool things about Coach Carp, you know, is when the pandemic hit, he was in, he was in Stanford, Palo Alto. I'm out in uh, Scottsdale and I want to get, I want to get the golf going because I got, I'm home now. I was traveling 250, 280 days a year. I said, Carp, just come live with me, man. Come live with me for a month. Let's do this thing. And coach me up on golf. He's like, well, if you help me with triathlon and we got Eric Burns in no filter, who's kind of my motivation in triathlon, you know, you came down and it was amazing to me, Carp, that when we first met, I remember at Marquette, I was going into the weight room with the team at like six o'clock in the morning. You were sitting in your office outside of the weight room. I said, Hey man, you going to come in and get some? And you were like, 
yeah, I'm getting some right now. And he held up like a coffee and a donut, right? It didn't step in the weight room. And then here you are four years later and you're coming to Arizona, bringing your bike, driving from California. And we go to the Biltmore golf course where there's a two mile loop and we bike 56 times around a two mile loop. So you get, you can, so you've done basically one third of the Ironman, which going from a guy who, you know, getting some with drinking coffee to a guy who's getting some now doing a Murph every day this month. I'm, and, and you're biking 112 miles on a two mile loop, which is brilliant. What's kind of been that transformation for you, man? Where does that come from? Yeah, it's funny. So I think it was, uh, like May 1st, you did the uh, 20 miles a day for the month of May. Um, and I just gotten a Peloton, uh, maybe a couple of days prior to it arrived at couple of people out west uh were pushing me since i moved out there to get a peloton everyone out there has one um so it was like day two or three i was like man we're we're locked at home like there's probably two hours of my day it's gonna take me to ride 20 miles and you know uh it's probably better than hammer and wine every night or something like that so just started on the bike um one day like you said it's the start that stops most people and i just picked like one specific thing to do every day, like 20 miles, just 20 miles, just check the box, you know, and you get, you get to day three or four and you start to feel it and like question a little bit. And then like a week goes by and it's amazing how fast you physically change and mentally what you're capable of. And, you know, I think by the end of the month, we had organized what was going to be our hundred mile ride that ended up being, you know, 112. And, um, you know, it was one of those things that when we worked with you, Marquette, you know, we would talk about stuff. Um, but unless you do it, you, you don't start to get the benefits of it. And, and it was the same way here. I think there was a moment this fall, you know, when we were talking kind of week to week with the guys and, um, you know, you, you kind of called me out a little bit. You're like, if it's important for your guys to be doing this stuff, like you need to do it too. Um, and so, you know, I kind of quit feeling sorry for myself and making excuses for, you know, we're in a pandemic and I'm taking on a new job and we can't play. And, um, you know, that was a good time for us. You know, we had more downtime than ever to work on this kind of stuff. So, you know, for me, it was getting back up early and sweat before screens, all that good stuff. Um, and just getting in the mindset of, of doing it. Once you start doing it, it just becomes a habit. Like it's just your body kind of craves it. Like when you get out of it, you start to feel like you did before and you just don't want to feel that way anymore. Um, but when you don't do it, it, it seems so hard to start. But once you get started, it's, it's all downhill from there. It's, it's the start that it's the hardest part. It, and don't let the start stop you, you know, and that's the key. And I think for uh, people that are going to be joining us here on the breakfast balls podcast, you know, is, is we're not going to sit here and we're not fanboys. You know, I'm not going to sit here and I'm, I'm going to talk about all the different, you know, things going on on the PGA tour. Like this is not entertainment. This is not a podcast that you're going to come to and you're going to laugh a ton, although hopefully you will laugh. It's a podcast you're going to come to and you're going to come off of here going, I got to get my shit together. You're going to come off of this going, I got some work I can do. You're going to come off of this going, man, I feel like I want to go play golf right now because those guys are firing me up. And hopefully, most importantly, bigger than going to play golf is I want to go invest in myself, which is the best investment you can make. And, you know, Coach Carpenter, there's a leg of me, a lot of, a lot of golf coaches that are watching this. And as I'm, I'm at the Phoenix airport right now, flying to Santa Ana, California to go get after it with Cal State Fullerton for the day, their men's golf team. As a head coach, what was it that made you want to invest into the mental game of golf and have, have me work with your team? Like, what is it about the mental game that's so important for you as a head coach? 
Yeah, I think that's the one thing that I've always had a little bit of experience um, with sports psychologists here and there, kind of through my golf career. But no one's ever really made it a priority. And and you you listen to guys that are winning on tour, you know, week to week, the stuff that they say, it's not, oh, I, you know, I made this tweak in my golf swing or, you know, I hired a new instructor. You, you know, there's some of that talk, you know, it helps. But usually it's like, I, I changed the way I practice. I changed the way I think on the golf course. You know, I got I got my ducks in a row. You know, I was just slacking in other areas of life and and I couldn't play golf because I couldn't focus on what I'm doing. And and for me, I've kind of, you know, as I've seen high performers in college golf, it always seems to be the guy that I don't have to worry about him being late. He's getting his stuff done in the classroom. He's doing his stats. Like they do all the little stuff. And, you know, the average person just wants to see the scores and man, he's got a good golf swing and all this kind of stuff. But that's just a byproduct of the process and the routines that he does on a daily basis. You know, we talk about doing a little, a lot, not a lot, a little, you know, it's not the guy who spends a weekend, um, you know, he hits balls for eight hours in a row every Saturday. Like that's not it. It's the guy who, who gets up every morning, works out, does his journal, does his process, takes care of his body, eats right. It's it's what they do every single day. And for me, I've kind of tried to flip the script a little bit. I think, you know, we've got 20 hours to work with the guys. And I think, you know, most programs you kind of, okay, we're going to play golf and then we're going to sprinkle in workouts with some of the, the next. And then, um, you know, maybe we'll do some team meeting culture stuff. And then, you know, maybe every now and then we'll bring in, you know, some mental training. For me, it's like, okay, the guys are motivated. Everyone wants to go hit golf balls and, you know, spend time on the putting green and that kind of stuff. So they're going to do that on their own, right? Most guys generally, you know, like to work out and stay a little bit active. So I'm like, well, well let's front end fill this stuff that unlocks the rest of that. You know, if we take care of our culture and our mental game, what they go do on their own time is tenfold more effective than what we do together with, without the mental game, without the physical you know, working out in the weight room, stuff like that. So I've kind of tried to flip the script because I think it just, it multiplies everything that they do physically when they're on their own because of the skills that we're teaching them when we're together and, and working with you. Mm. You know, Carb, one of the things you said that I think is so good, and man, I only got a half an hour here. We got 15 minutes left and I want to accomplish two things. I want to take a look at Max Homa and look one of his interviews, the guy who just won the last PGA Tour event this weekend. And I want to bring in on our, one of our guests here, if you can join us by hitting the knock button. Always a no filter. You can participate in the chat. If you hit the knock button, that allows us to bring you into the room to be a part of the podcast and the conversation. And we have world record holder Eric Burns in golf. Everybody knows Burns. He is a high energy baseball player and a MLB network analyst and, you know, doing triathlons across the country. But which they may not know is that he's also a world record holder in speed golf. A little bit different than what we're talking about, but still, there's a process, there's a presence, there's a mindset that can be beneficial and success leaves clues. But before we bring Burns in here and, and we hear him talk about kind of the mindset of his world record uh, in speed golf, let me share my screen and see if we can, um, let me see if we can do this. Let's see. Okay. Let's see here. Coach Carpenter, do you see this video with Max Homa popping up now? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Let's take a listen here. And in 30 seconds, there's about 30 years worth of mental training. Let's see if you can hear this. Can you hear that? Okay. Could you hear that? Turn it up a little. All right, here we go. It's up as loud as it goes. Let's see what we got. Let's dominate today. Boom. Coach Carp, did you hear that? 
uh, a little bit. I got some quotes from what he said this weekend right here. Yeah, shoot. Okay, so um, with the No Filter Network here, we're still trying to make sure that we have, uh, you know, the the ability to when we play this video, that the audio comes through. And um, it, but what Max Holma is saying is he's saying basically, you know, um, let me let me let me hit the highlights again. Here we go again. Work talks about working on staying positive is one. If we want to come back and unpack that, Coach Carp. The second one is his wife said, "Forgive quickly, so stay positive. Forgive quickly." He admits to being to choking a little bit and being extremely nervous. And here's a guy who's a professional athlete, wins a professional golf tournament while choking, while being extremely nervous. I think that gives us all permission to be nervous, right? And he starts going back and looking at all the things that he did well. Coach Carp, would you please unpack that for us from, as a, from a golf, golf coach perspective? What are you hearing him say that you're like, man, I want my guys to, to get that? Yeah, I was, I was watching live down the stretch um, when it's pretty tight. You know, Finau's kind of been in the in the boat the last couple of weeks, knocking on the door. I think he's had three seconds in a row, and so they're kind of starting to like create that narrative around here. Of, you know, can he win? Can he win? And then you get Max Homa in there, you know, knocking on the door, and he's got a three footer to win on 18, and you're like, oh, here we go again with Finau. And uh, you, you could tell he was kind of trying to maybe just jam one in there a little bit, you know, and guys probably do that when they're nervous. Let's let's like just hit one really hard at the hole and, you know, hope it gets in the way. Um, and I think his response to that miss was very different than, you know, if you look at some of the guys who have choked um, in tournaments in the past and how they react, like you can see just total dejection, like in their face, you know, like if they go to a playoff, they're just, it's over. They got no chance. And for him, he kind of like, you know, I think he was surprised he missed it, but then he kind of like, you could see him smirk a little bit. Like he laughed, like, you know, he, he didn't take it as seriously maybe in a good way. Um, and it's funny. I think the same thing happened in the USAM this year. Um, you know, guy got to the final hole and maybe it messed up a couple and you could hear his caddy say, Hey, like, if we could have started this week on 18T with a chance to win, like we would take that. Like that's our situation right now. Like what's happened up to this point doesn't matter. Like and, and Max was the same way. It seemed like he was he was excited about the opportunity to go in the playoff to win a PJ Tour event. Not oh my gosh, I just choked this thing away. Like he acknowledged it after the fact, but in the moment he was more concerned about winning that golf tournament because he still he still had a chance. You know, it's 50-50. And I think a lot of guys will flip that switch the wrong way because it's easy to, to think about, oh my gosh, what just happened versus what's still right in front of me. And, you know, that's the same thing on the first tee shot, the putt on the ninth hole. Like it's, it's how do you let go of that last one as quickly as possible and move on to this next one? Because as long as you got one more shot, like you have to be all in on that one. So you know, I think that was the one thing that I saw in, you know, in a, a really magnified scenario that, you know, week to week, we're still trying to hammer home with the guys is, you know, whether you're four over through six or three under through six, like that tee shot on the seventh hole has to be one shot all in, you know, like we talk about target image focus, like that shot one at a time all the way around until it's done. Like there's no time to stop in between. Yeah, man. So much goodness coming out of there, you know, and I, I typed in there the four big things I took out of that Max Homa interview. The first one was he talked about trying to be positive, right? And to me, a positive, positive is I'm able to focus on what I want to do, not what I want to avoid. And in golf, I'm positive focus is I'm able to focus on this shot, not the past, not the future, this one right here, right now. 
But in order to do that, we have to do the second thing that, that Max Homer recommended that his wife gave him advice on, which was forgive quickly. And here's the thing about forgiving quickly. And I had this conversation last night with the Fairfield University lacrosse team. I showed that video and we talked about it. And, and forgive quickly in golf means forgive yourself in five minutes before you have to hit your next shot. You got five minute window to forgive. If putting is putting in that case though is much quicker because you hit your putt, you miss it, you gotta go put it back in, you gotta forgive and get to the next one. Typically, if it's a iron or it's a driver, you got five minutes or so between shots, right? Baseball, Sean Casey and Eric Burns, who who are joining us here, you gotta learn to forgive probably 25 seconds because the next pitch is coming. Football, it's probably 20 seconds. When we look at mixed martial arts, ice hockey, soccer, lacrosse, those flow sports that don't stop, you have to be able to forgive yourself quickly. And we showed a video last night as we were talking about this, the, the lacrosse coach at Fairfield, Andrew Baxter, who won a national championship as an assistant coach at Yale University. He showed two clips. He showed a clip of one of his players in, in a game last year trying to receive a pass in the sun, and the ball hit him right between the eyes and the face mask because he couldn't see it. And his initial response was he's looking for the ball. He sees a guy in their team pick it up, sprints after it, checks the guy, picks up the ball, and he starts going towards the goal. So his immediate response to that adversity you get hit in the face was, where's the ball? Not, what was me? And so it's the second clip from the national championship game in 2019, Yale against, uh, no, 2018, Yale against Duke. And Ben Reeves, who was the Twarton Award winner, which is the Heisman for lacrosse. Um, ben Reeves, you know, national player of the year, obviously, takes a shot. And it's a, it, Yale's up 13 to 11 with like two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. He has an open goal because the goalie is out. And if he, I mean, he's, he's 25 feet away, not even 25 feet. And if he makes that shot, it basically wins a national championship, seals the deal. He shoots the ball, hits the pole, kicks behind. And it is, I mean, literally as he shoots the ball, it's like he doesn't even finish his follow through and he's sprinting after the ball to go get it back. And I think that response to adversity, if you're taking notes here, E plus R equals O, event plus response equals outcome. And Max Homa showed that. At such an elite level, after missing that putt, event, I got to go to a playoff instead of winning it, event, he's smiling, walking to the next the next shot in the playoff hole, basically accepting all outcomes and forgiving himself quickly. You know, I think the other piece there that you, that you mentioned, Carp, was TIF as part of the pre-shot routine. And if we get very specific golf now, TIF is target image feel. And today when I go to Cal State Fullerton, that's the one thing I'm going to be working on with those guys in the range is... On this shot, what's your target? Meaning, where do you want the ball to end up? And what's your start line? What's the shot shape, the image of the ball? And for average golfers like I, I don't have a shot shape, but I need to have a target because my shot shape should be straight, hopefully. <laughs> and then the feel is what's the feel of the swing, right? So if you're a good golfer, your target, where do I want the ball to end? What's my starting point? Image, what's the shot shape I'm trying the, the, the shot shape I'm trying to hit? And the feel, what's the feel of the swing? And if you can build those three things in, TIF, into your pre-shot routine and take a deep breath, I think that's going to give you a layer of clarity, a layer of commitment, and give you something to go to regardless of the competitive circumstance to mock into the moment. But to me, that's what the one-shot warrior is able to do, Coach Carp, is you're able to go, I got all this distraction going on. This is my immediate task. This is what I need to do. And if you've watched the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO, I mean, that guy had chaos going on in his outside the golf circuit, right, outside of his golf life. And he won a U.S. Open with a broken leg. He's got a broken leg. Every shot you see him hit was it was it broke? No, it was his back, right? What was the issue he had there? Yeah, he had uh, he had a stress fracture and a torn ACL at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, and he won. Yeah, and he won. Right. So his ability to compartmentalize and lock in on the task at hand 
that's the one shot warrior. Now, hopefully, you know, prayers up for, for Tiger with the accident yesterday. And, you know, obviously the documentary, <laughs> the documentary does a great job of shining a poor light on the man. But let's just look at what he did on the golf course and his ability to be able to compete one shot at a time, his availability to to win, you know, and everything else discredited, you know, and thrown off to the side. His ability to be where you need to be when you need to be there. This shot right here, right now, regardless of everything going on, it may be, may be one of the greatest of all time of being able to do that. Be where you need to be when you need to be here. Be where you need to be when you need to be there. Huge. Coach Carp, as we bring this first edition of breakfast balls to a close, man. What, what excites you the most about doing this podcast every week? Uh, I think it's just fun. Like me and you talk, it's, it's a lot of work stuff. You know, what are we, what are we doing with the guys? And I always like the opportunity to hear from you. Like, what do you like? The first question when I got the head coaching job that I had for you was like, what, what's a coach or, you know, what's a team that you work with that their accountability is like off the charts every day. And you brought up a baseball team where, you know, they're showing batting averages, like anytime they're taking, um, you know, BP before a game, like they've got managers like recording everything, you know, and, and for me, it's like, okay, how do I bring that accountability every day, um, to what our guys are doing? So we're doing the same thing. You know, every time we tee it up, it's, I, we've got a Google sheet and I share, you know, everything is recorded all the time. So that they know that it matters. Um, you know, I think you say what, what we treasure, we measure, what we measure, we treasure. Um, so, you know, for me, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity to continue to learn more from you and, you know, bring that to my expertise in golf and continue to apply it to our guys and, you know, share with other people what is really working well in my experiences in, in the golf coaching world is, you know, I'm no expert in all this really. You know, I've been doing it for, three or four years now, I'm constantly trying to learn more. And, you know, I think the more we get together and just talk about kind of what's going on in sport, you know, Max Homa situation or Tiger, or what you're doing with, you know, lacrosse team, stuff like that. It's just a really good opportunity for me to learn more and share, you know, in the heat of battle, what it looks like on a daily basis. Um, so that's, that's why I'm excited to be here and really learn more from you and um, bring people along in my journey learning. Love it, man. The thing I think I'm most excited about is just the, the like the opportunity to talk golf, man. I mean, the opportunity to talk mental game. Like Ken Revisa used to always say that say, and Kay, I mentioned Ken Revisa is he was my mentor in sports psychology when he passed away in 2018. The New York Times headline was the Godfather of sports psychology. So in golf, and the people listening to this, when you hear the name Bob Rotella, you think the master of the mental game of golf. Ken Revisa is to baseball what Bob Rotella was to golf is to golf. And one of the things he used to always say to us as his grad students is he'd say, if you have three days left to live, what would you do? And how can you find a way to do that more often? And are you doing that consistently? You know, and if I had three days left to live, one of them would be coaching. One of them would be playing golf. So I get to mirror kind of those two things here today. And on the, on the breakfast balls podcast, where I get to coach and share some of my experience and what we got going on, hopefully for the benefit of others. And we can talk about golf, which is going to help me on the course. Because Carp, I got to get that handicap below thirty. I need to be, I need to be <laughs> playing golf consistently. You know, under under a hundred. And um, yeah, we're going to get there. It's a matter of time. It's a process. I get that. But uh, anything we can do to speed that process up, well, I would, I would appreciate. Uh, it. It's funny we were, out, we were out in Palm Springs last week, and there's a golf course out there that has no tee times. You basically have to be a single digit handicap to join and they like max four hour rounds. Like that's the old, that's like, that's your retirement gig. Play fast, single digit handicap, no tee time to show up and play. 
We'll get you there. I tell you what, retirement. We want to talk about retirement gig real quick. Let me share my screen. You know, and I think nothing nothing happens without intention, right? Everything happens twice. First in your mind, then in reality. We got the mayor Sean Casey joining us here. Everything happens twice. First in your mind, then in reality. Let me give you a quick screenshot of what my ideal week looks like. Okay, and we're going to get more into the details of this, but this is big picture view, macro view of my calendar next week. This is the first week of the month of March. This is my sleep block that you see here. I go into my AM routine. I'm going to coach for three hours, deep work, which is deep work for me as book writing, video development. Basically, my phone's off, internet. You know, I'm not available. I'm, I'm doing deep work. And then I'm going to go golf. I'm going to shower, eat, coach, routine, sleep. And that's basically what it looks like. And I've built golf into my week, into every day of my week in the middle. Typically right now, if I showed you this week, uh, the last week of February, it would be coaching 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or like 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. most likely Monday, Tuesday. And then I've left Wednesday to Sunday open to travel like I am today. But I basically decided that I don't need to travel to do this work. I'm better when I do it remotely because it's a consistency thing. I can work with a team for 30 minutes every week. It's, it's less expensive for them and easier, I think, administratively. And we get more done by doing 30 minutes a week than doing eight hours in a day. And it allows me this middle block to go and invest in what I want to invest in. And playing the game of golf. So I'm excited about creating that intentional week, going to work on my game. I'm excited about the Breakfast Balls podcast and what we're going to be able to bring to other people here through uh, this podcast, recording it live on the No Filter Network. So we'll be able to bring people in and have various guests, and then we'll be able to turn this around and get this podcast hopefully out into uh, Spotify and Apple podcasts where people can, can pick it up and listen to it, and we can make an impact in the world, man. Thanks for being with us. Safe travel. See you soon. Hey, thanks for checking out this podcast. This is Brian Kane, and I would love for you to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show. I'd also love to engage with you directly on social media. So please reach out on Instagram or Twitter at Brian Kane Peak. And then make sure you head over to BrianKane.com and check out some of our articles on our blog, some of our videos. And if you're a coach looking to master mental performance and up your game so you can help your clients get the results they've been looking for. Check out my Mental Performance Mastery Coaches Certification, where we teach you about the mindset, routines, and habits that your clients need to get the results they've been looking for. If you're an athlete or a performer listening to this podcast, head over to briankane.com and click on Athletes. Check out my 30 Days to Mental Performance Mastery for Athletes program, where I walk you through and coach you virtually to help you master the mental game and give yourself the best chance for success. Thanks for being with us here on the podcast. Let's dominate the day.